Hello again, and welcome to another Manufacturer Podcast. I'm Nick Peters. I first met Jürgen Meyer in 2017. It was after his Made Smarter review team had submitted their bid for government funding for a programme of industry support and education to incentivize manufacturers to learn about, understand and deploy data-driven digital technologies. We all know how that's gone. The Made Smarter Northwest pilot is underway and doing famously. I was immediately struck by Jürgen's energy and enthusiasm. This urgent matter of national importance was something he took very personally. It was the same when I met him on several occasions subsequently. So it came as a real surprise and some sadness a few weeks ago to learn he is retiring from Siemens at the end of 2019. I caught up with Jürgen at the London headquarters of the Digital Catapult, soon to be his new home. The news that you were retiring from Siemens came as something of a surprise to a lot of us. Why are you going? Well, I think after 33 years of uh, really a, an incredible career, I felt it was a good time to pass on to someone else and for me to go and have a look what else I can do to support the broader space of manufacturing, engineering and technology going forward. And to be honest with you, there was a little bit of work-life balance in the decision. It's been 33 full-on, incredibly enjoyable years, but there just comes a time where I want to give my life, my family, my health, my mental health, a little bit more space. At 55, you've still got a lot of gas left in the tank, haven't you? <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll have plenty of energy left, in particular for what is my passion and my passion is that someday we will get this country to recognize again how important manufacturing technology especially the digital revolution is for creating prosperity for our country and we certainly haven't recognized that yet you leave Siemens in a in a healthy state uh, reorganized on a global scale Siemens UK is looking great what are you most proud of, though, of your time at the top as CEO? Siemens is in great shape and, uh, and I'm proud of everything that the Siemens UK team has achieved, especially in support of British manufacturing. Now, there's always unfinished business. One of those unfinished businesses is that I really would like to play a stronger part and the whole of the manufacturing community in the UK to push even harder at making the country recognise how important our industry is in terms of creating great jobs, prosperity, the money that the country needs to invest in its public services. The, one of the notable things about you as the, the CEO of a very large company was your wholehearted willingness to throw yourself into encouraging diversity of every type within the company. I know we've spoken before about your own personal background about that, but I, I, I think it, it did a lot for the, the people of Siemens to see you do that, turning up at the, you know, the parades and pride parades and all that sort of thing. Um, that You looked like you had a lot of fun doing it at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, there was a turning point in my career, and I've often quoted it as about halfway through my career, where a little bit of a light bulb moment went on, really, which was that, you know, I'd spent half my career not bringing my whole self to work 
it was somebody else that turned up at work. And actually, it was the bit that I left at home that often helped spark the sorts of creativity and interesting thoughts I had. And that was the that was the gay me, that was the LGBT me. And that light bulb went on to say, well, if that happens for me, that must be happening for everybody else who belongs to any underrepresented group. And we did start a movement in Siemens. It's been great fun and it's been brilliant to see people bringing the whole self to work and bringing more innovation and creativity into the workplace and with that much better outcomes. The, the fact is I, you did it at Siemens, is it easier in a big company than it is perhaps in a smaller company? Is, is this something that UK manufacturing, is it an example that UK manufacturing might be a little hard pressed to emulate? Well, absolutely, and this is definitely unfinished business. So whilst I'm proud of the movement we've started within Siemens, statistics within Siemens of how many women, people from the LGBT community, from ethnic uh, underrepresented groups, um, are shockingly small. Um, they're improving, but they're shockingly small. And that's the same for the whole of UK manufacturing and engineering PLC. So that's unfinished business. And I definitely want to carry on supporting diversity and inclusion into our industry because it's a must. It's not just a must at a, at a human and moral level. It's a must actually in business terms as well, because companies that embrace diversity are significantly more successful. It's a way of closing the, the skills gap if you attract more people who might otherwise not be. I mean, that's got to be part of it, hasn't it? Well, absolutely. You know, and as I've said a number of times, you know, if we make ourselves most attractive to white males, which is what the statistics show, then we're taking ourselves away from the opportunity to recruit the brilliant people in the sort of 60-70% of our community, which is of course women, LGBT, ethnic minority groups, dis disability, etc. And uh, so, uh, so yes, this is, this is not just a human and, a, uh, and, and, and just the right responsible thing to do, it's for survival of our industry. Let's move on to the industrial strategy. Uh, the government launched it in February 17. And you were, I don't know whether you were co-opted or whether you jumped into an opportunity, but you were, you led the Made Smarter Review and we all know what that led up to. But what was it? Was it, did you put yourself forward for this or were you sought out? Um, I did jump into the opportunity and uh, it was about 10 years ago. So, I mean, Made Smarter Review was officially started just two years ago, but 10 years ago there was a number of us who were starting a small movement with the government at the time to really see whether we can put manufacturing and particularly the transition to the fourth industrial revolution and doing that very responsibly at the forefront of the, uh, the industrial strategy. So it was an opportunity that I saw and I've been working with a great group of business leaders from other manufacturing and technology companies in the UK and it's been a pleasure whilst that is also unfinished business and we have a lot more work to do. I was going to say it was about a year ago that the Northwest Pilot, uh, the Made Smarter Northwest Pilot kicked off. Is it doing enough, do you think, has it done enough to prove the case for a national rollout which is obviously part of the end game? 
Well, the Mate Smarter Pilot is really going brilliantly. I'm delighted with it. Um, we've got a whole host of case studies now that are showing exactly what we would hoped the Mate Smarter Pilot would show, which is that, especially small companies, a little bit nervous to take the risk to invest in data analytics, technology, robotics, um, maybe even having a go with uh, artificial intelligence or additive manufacturing, whatever it is. And through the pilot, we've been able to help, we've been able to de-risk, and of course, we've provided a little bit of grant funding, and that's helped a lot of companies get on the ladder, improve their productivities, improve their outputs, create more jobs, and that's what the fourth industrial revolution is all about. Now, is it enough? <laughs> it definitely isn't. I mean, this is, you know, this is now 40 or so companies in the Northwest, and as we all know, we have thousands of SMEs up and down the country, and we need to roll this out nationally. It's going to be a long, long journey. I mean, you know, I said that the rolling it out nationally might be an end game, but actually, even then, that's still only part of the beginning because attitudes are that people still don't think digital manufacturing is part of their priority. No matter what anybody says, you, us in the media, whatever, they still haven't quite bought into it, have they? No, is the answer to that. And I must admit, I find it, you know, really really quite surprising that we aren't recognizing it because if you take my three decades of having worked in this industry in the UK we've really gone from cycles of investment largely infrastructure investment or investing in our public ser uh, services and then we've gone to cycles of austerity and that's where we are. And right now, we've obviously been through our austerity. We're going to go into spend. But I can guarantee you, in three years' time, it'll be, oh dear, the debt is too high and we have austerity again. Why is it we are not speaking about creating the wealth? Why is it that we can't continue to spend? Because we've created the wealth. And what is it that's going to create the wealth? It is manufacturing and innovation industries that create the productivity, the output, the exports. And we really need to start understanding that much more as a nation. The industrial strategy coincided balefully with the kickoff of the Brexit process post-referendum 2016. You got pulled into the arena as a very high-profile spokesperson for manufacturing. A number of us looked at the way you approached that in, in a very politically neutral way and wondered if you couldn't have been a bit tougher then and perhaps laid down some of the, the hard messaging that now manufacturers are having to say as we face the potential of a no deal. Looking back, could you have been tougher on them? Well, it was difficult because it was so politicized and so political and indeed it has become you know even more political that it has really been incredibly difficult to break through to punch through with what really the facts are telling us and don't get me wrong I became a supporter of a deal but it was always clear to me and the manufacturing community that it needed to be a soft Brexit a Brexit that is very, very closely aligned to regulation and standards. And it seems that as time has gone on, A, our voice to really make the reasons for that very clear 
has not been listened to and unfortunately we continue to drift into a harder and harder Brexit and I do fear for what in the end it's going to mean in terms of regulatory alignment and indeed for the ability for manufacturing companies up and down the country to be able to engage in very important European institutions like the research activities that happen under Horizon 2020. Let's look at the future. Um, Made Smarter, you've already told us, is very much going to be in your radar. But you're going to become chairman of the Digital Catapult, and that word digital is going to run through you like a stick of Blackpool rock, isn't it? What, what's, what's going to happen at the Digital Catapult? As far yeah, as well, I've already started in my role as uh, chairman of the Digital Catapult, and I can tell you it's uh, hugely uh, exciting. Um, and uh, the reason uh, why I'm so excited about it is because I think we're doing great work in the high-value manufacturing catapults, which is really all about helping companies solve challenges in the digital industrial revolution. How do I solve the problem of digital twinning properly from design to manufacturing in my manufacturing base? Where the digital catapult comes in is, is there are some innovation gaps and we don't quite know how we've solved the problems yet. And in the digital catapult, we're working with numerous startups that might be able to help and we want to help nurture and help those startup companies grow and maybe in a few years time not only have we solved the challenges but we've created some brilliant British companies that are innovating in the space of additive manufacturing, artificial intelligence etc in the manufacturing space. 5G is also absolutely crucial because communications, I mean we're talking about data and data has to move and has to move fast and 5G is one of the big projects that the, dig, uh, that the digital catapult is, is undertaking. Again, we see signs of, I don't know, legacy Luddism in the, in the British psyche. People saying, oh no, you're going to fry our brains, you can't put 5G transmitters here. It's so funny, isn't it, how it, we might all say, gosh, this is exciting. Other people say it's frightening. How do you address that? Well... I'm pleased to say that the Digital Catapult really is leading the way on 5G. We have a number of uh, testbeds uh, in the country now. Um, and our next focus is indeed, and uh, you know, let's call it industrial 5G, because I think you know, there is a difference between the sort of 5G that we'll all be using on our smartphones and the highly secure industrial 5G, which is really going to be able to revolutionise communications, both within the factory and, very importantly, across the supply chains. So I think there is a huge opportunity to use 5G communications technologies to really, really optimize the whole factory and supply chain environment. It's and actually going to make everything you've talked about in terms of 4.0 revolution, call it what you will, it actually makes sense of it all now, doesn't it? It is indeed. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, exactly, you know, what is the fourth industrial revolution? It's all about data, and that data has to be communicated and transferred securely, and 5G is, is a perfect enabler to be able to achieve that in a cost-effective way. Well, Jürgen Meyer, may I wish you, on behalf of everybody at the manufacturer and our audience, um, Terrific luck in your new job and uh, congratulations on everything you've achieved at Siemens. Thank you. Thank you very much.
and I can add nothing more to that whatsoever. I'm really pleased Jürgen's still going to be on the scene to champion our sector, that there will be a full and busy life for him after Siemens. And knowing Jürgen, he'll be giving us plenty to think and write about in the coming years. I'm heading off to Liverpool in a few days' time for Digital Manufacturing Week. If you're going to be there, please do drop by my TM Studio stand on the Smart Factory Expo floor to say hello. And if you haven't yet registered to join us at any of the fabulous events that make up Digital Manufacturing Week, go to digital-manufacturing-week.com and register. And please do use my 100% discount code. It's DMW-NPVIP. DMW-NPVIP. We'll have a lot more audio and video news coming out of Liverpool, so do stay in touch via the website and this podcast channel. That's it from me for now. For The Manufacturer, I'm Nick Peters. Goodbye. Goodbye.